Welcome to Disaffected. I'm Joshua Slocum, and this is the show where we talk about politics, culture, and relationships through a psychological lens. And this is the episode where we're going to talk about how everything is going to shit, and nobody seems to know why it's going to shit except those of us who are paying attention. So I've talked a lot about the lack of etiquette, the fact that people are not obeying road rules, that in interpersonal communication at a grocery store register on the street, people are not making eye contact with you. They're not acknowledging your presence. I mean, it's this sort of thing. I've noticed this for, for many years, but it is significantly ramped up since our pandemic. Uh, especially with young people, not exclusively, but yes, definitely, especially with Generation Z and with younger millennials, uh, they they don't do the normal things. When you say hello to them at a cash register when they're ringing you up, they don't look at you. Okay, eye contact is aggressive, so they're not going to look at you, and they're certainly not going to return your hello. Because, like, why are you even speaking to them and stuff? Like, we're not friends. I don't know what's going on in their mind. Probably very little. Um, and shit's falling apart. Like, physical shit is falling apart. The roads in Vermont, I don't know what it's like where you are, but if you live in an area where you have winters and you get frost heaves and roads um, get damaged, you know that... You have to spend a lot of money to maintain those every year. Every year during the spring and summer, there's there's repaving. Well, it's gotten less and less frequent. And everywhere I go around Vermont, and, and it's not just dingy little corner stores. It's parking lots at boutiques, at major upscale retailers. It does not matter where it is. The parking lots are falling apart. There was one I drove through yesterday with a pothole so deep, it 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 my car bottomed out so hard that my teeth actually clacked together. It was so alarming. I yelled out. It was almost painful. This is becoming normal now. And the roads forget it. Nobody's doing shit. Well, I was looking in the discord and what is discord? You might ask if you haven't joined, you need to join. It's just chat rooms, but we have a private server on the discord platform that is only for disaffected supporters ten dollars a month you can sign up at patreon.com slash disaffected subscribestar.com slash disaffected or send a one-off donation through paypal to us at disaffected.fm we've got about 250 people in there now and they share lots of interesting stories and i get lots of interesting content so this one caught my eye a few days ago um, from someone whose screen name is Meeve, and Meeve, you know who you are. I'm going to read it to you. So you'll be familiar with the fact that upstate New York in general has its fair share of towns that have always appeared crappy compared to more affluent places. But there's been the basic underlying continuation of pride, no matter how basic. Now in the new garbage trash world, even that is fading or gone. So what the loss of manufacturing businesses did to New York State due to incompetent and corrupt regulations, followed by the pharmaceutical company-induced addictions, small towns were already in dire need of help and cleanup. Things were just starting to look up, though, with new money coming in. People were embracing neighborhood cleanup ventures and taking care and pride in beautifying small towns. 
then the lockdowns. Garbage towns slowly emerging all over. So sad. It really stood out to me, though, um, that, oh, it looks like I, I, I missed one. What she was saying, what Meve was saying, was that she is she's driving up to businesses, restaurants, um, gas station convenience stores. People aren't even turning on the marquee lights anymore that signify that their business is open. And I've noticed this, too. You have no idea as you drive down the road whether Chick-fil-A is open, whether Longhorn Steakhouse is open, whether Cumberland Farms gas station is open. And, well, you have no idea for a couple of reasons. One, there's no such thing as normal business hours anymore. In, in my area, maybe there is where you are, but in my area, there is no such thing. Oh, yes, we claim that there, that there are. They do have posted hours on the door. And if you go onto their website, they'll have posted hours. If you go onto Google, Google will say closing soon, 9 p.m. That means nothing. It is now at the point where I am not all the time, but about 50% of the time, I am calling businesses on the phone before I get in my car, asking them if they are truly open. Yes. Yes. I checked your website. Yes. I know your posted hours say this. Don't act like I don't have a reason to call. You know damn well I do. Are you actually open? This huge staffing shortage that we have across sectors, I don't know what to attribute it to. I talk about this with my coworker all the time because she's seeing it too. Places are like, for example, take take the airport deli. Airport. It's actually called Airport Deli and Fine Foods. And let me tell you, it is fine foods. If you ever fly into Burlington, Vermont, we have one airport, one. I mean, there are small private airstrips uh, for general aviation, but we've got one actual passenger airport uh, in Burlington. It's the Burlington International Airport. You know what makes it international? Because it flies to fucking Montreal. Which is an hour and a half drive. <laughs> but it's Burlington International Airport. And it sits in the middle, quite literally, of a suburban neighborhood. So it's about five blocks away from my office. I can and have walked my rollerboard from my office to the airport, gotten on a plane and gone somewhere. Um so it's 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 really convenient and it's not one of those airports. It's nothing like that monstrosity um, in Denver, Colorado, where you basically have to go to an unincorporated township that looks like something out of an old Western and drive for 63,000 miles along, you know, a paved road with cameras on it and stuff to like approach the compound. <laughs> you just like walk up to it from a, across the street. Anyway, I'm sorry. Another tangent. Airport Deli and Fine Foods is directly across the street from the airport. They have the best sandwiches, hot or cold, anywhere around here. It's this tiny little building. It doesn't look like anything, but it is delicious. They have done such a brisk trade because they're directly across the street from the airport. So all the airport employees come over, uh, the small general aviation companies that fly planes in and out come over. The Air National Guard is also based at the same airport. So the military guys and gals come in all the time. They have been operating. They used to be open till 5 or 6 p.m., most days and on Sundays. They are now open from seven in the morning till two in the afternoon, not open on weekends at all. Staff shortages. And I've talked to these places and the guys say to me, not only can we not get people to work here, but the people who actually apply 
I won't hire them. So this one, <laughs> this one woman was applying for the cashier position. The easiest job there. They got a kitchen. She didn't have to do any of that stuff. She says, stand at the register, give people their lottery scratch off tickets and their cigarettes, ring up their sandwiches and just basically not move the entire day. So they were offering $14 an hour, which is plenty for a job like that. And she doesn't show up at 10 a.m. for the interview. And then she sends a text 20 minutes later. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot um, this morning I was sleeping in and I couldn't make it. And yes, she said couldn't. And I just know it, even though I didn't hear it. I just know things. Um, can I like come in tomorrow? Oh, and by the way, I can't do it for $14 an hour. Um, so I'm going to need... A higher compensation. Yeah. Well, go back to the breadline, honey, because you didn't get the job. So all this shit is going on. Nothing is open normally. Nothing is being maintained. Physical infrastructure is falling apart. Roads are falling apart. Traffic lights even are. I, I don't understand traffic light technology, but I am noticing that the timing on traffic lights seems to be creeping like, you know, when you drive through the same intersections because you go the same route every day and you know about how long it's time to let pedestrians go and how long you're going to have to wait to take a left onto Hageman Street or whatever. Even that's screwing up right now. It doesn't make any sense. Like the, the times aren't the same as before. And it's just nobody's checking and nobody notices. Um, the, I, you know, you've got the red light, the yellow light and the green light. And if a bulb burns out, it just stays burned out. It just stays that way. We're not in third world conditions, but if there's such a thing as a second world, we are firmly into second world and we are moving toward third world. And I don't know if you've experienced this, but when I've talked about this, a lot of times I get this flippant reaction from people. <laughs> lol, first world problems, lol. <laughs> and I want to ask these people when they're done lolling or LMAO, <laughs> lol. I want to ask them, do you like this? Do you personally you the one making fun of me saying that I'm making a spoiled baby brat complaint. Do you like this? Do you like not being able to expect the same food at the same hours that, that you were promised by the advertisement? Do you like finding that all of a sudden every single 24-hour convenience store and grocery store in the greater Burlington area, every single one of them, is closed now. There's no 24 hours. Half of them aren't open past 9 or 10 p.m., even on a Friday or Saturday. Pizza restaurants are closing at 8 or 9 p.m. on Fridays. Yes, I get it. This is not Ethiopia uh, in 1985. I'm not one of those starving children who needs live aid. I get it. Okay? That's not the comparator. The comparator is the society we had three years ago. Do you like the decline? Does this make you happy? I don't think it does. And I don't think anybody is out of line for saying, hey, 
We're not third world. I'm not saying we're third world, but we are sliding that way. And we need to stop the slide because we had a good thing going on here. That's not unreasonable. It's not weird. And it's not spoiled. Because this isn't just about convenience. This is about durable jobs. It's about people getting paid. It's about people being able to get the goods and services they actually need to get through their day. It's about keeping the roads maintained. These are, these are serious things. They're not just convenience things. You know, you think it's funny? Okay, literally go live in the third world then. If that's fine with you, go live there. Go. Y'all said you were going to leave when Trump got elected anyway, so why don't you get the fuck out? <laughs> uh, but it's not just... I, the physical infrastructure stuff drives me crazy, and I notice it all the time. But it's more the decline, the degradation of social interaction that is that is really upsetting to me. The rudeness, the... Okay, well, I'll give you another. I've talked about this. But I'm going to keep talking about this, okay? If you're going to listen to Disaffected for any amount of time, get used to this. This topic is going to keep coming up. I am going to keep discussing it. I'm going to keep talking about it until it changes. <clears throat> so more road rules problems. I've told you before how in Vermont, we have this driving culture it's weird. We sort of have the opposite driving culture of Massachusetts. And Massachusetts does, in fact, have a driving culture. It's not a myth. It's not just a partisan thing that people from other states make up to point, you know, point at their neighbors and say, ha ha, you guys suck. No, there's a reason they're called mass holes, because they are complete assholes. Massachusetts drivers are some of the most aggressive, dangerous, um, cockily rude people I have ever encountered on the road. They will take a situation where there is no need for aggression. Nobody is blocking traffic. Nobody's going under the speed limit. They will create a dangerous situation by tailgating or pushing you to speed past the speed limit and then <laughs> zooming around you in the car, cutting you off. This is just how they live. I don't know why these people are like this, but they are like that. Vermont has an opposite driving culture. I think it's a passive aggressive driving culture. This is funny because when I first brought this up with my therapist, I was expecting that he was going to tell me that I was overreacting and that I was projecting. And he actually said I was being too nice. So I was describing the. OK, so here's Vermont's driving culture. Whereas in Massachusetts, you have to go 20 miles over the speed limit no matter what. You have to drive dangerously no matter what. In Vermont, you must go seven miles below the speed limit no matter what. No matter what. If the speed limit is 65 on the highway, you, you, I guarantee you that most cars are driving 59 miles an hour. If you are on a city street that has a speed limit of 35 miles an hour, the cars will drive 27 miles per hour. When you get to the traffic circle, there's a great big rotary in downtown Winooski where I live. A safe and reasonable speed. I've been driving this traffic circle for, uh, shit, 13 years now. A safe and reasonable speed um, that negotiates the curves but doesn't take excess time and leaves you time to stop for people in crosswalks is about 18 to 19 miles an hour around the curve. These people go at 
and I timed it again last night, 11 miles per hour. These are people. So like, and another thing is people and especially people in SUVs and no, not people in SUVs, women in SUVs, because you know who mostly drives huge honking SUVs like a GMC Denali? Women. Women drive tanks. Uh, men drive great big trucks for the most part. Sometimes you'll see a chick who has a great big jacked up truck, which is kind of cool. But um, it's women who drive these um, these great big three ton monstrosities. But they pilot them. They don't drive them. They pilot them like they're the captain on a boat. They sort of it's one of those things where they you wonder if they think the accelerator is not allowed because it seems like the only way they get from one place to another is to just take their foot off the brake and let the let the vehicle just slowly get up to speed. So if you're going to turn, they'll they'll start slowing down five or six hundred feet before the right hand turn. Then they'll put on their turn signal and then they'll slowly turn while they're going like seven or eight miles an hour around the turn as if it were a boat and they had to move really slowly because they might slosh over onto the side and if you ever if you ever get a chance to to actually look over and see the express i wish you guys could see my face because it's that gawping open mouthed expression where they're like peering up over the steering wheel like uh, uh, oh made the turn <laughs> so Everybody goes super slow and it drives. I will take Vermont's driving culture over Massachusetts because as annoying and it is fucking annoying, the driving culture here, it's not as dangerous as the aggression in Massachusetts. So I will definitely take this. But because nothing's ever good enough for me, I'm still going to complain about it. Four way stops. The other day I'm driving to work and there are a series of four way stops through my residential neighborhood. I pull up to the stop <clears throat> at almost the same time as the woman to my right. Okay. But she got there first and she was on my right. Okay. So I did the normal thing. The normal thing is you stop because she has the right of way. Why does she have the right of way? For two reasons. One, she got there first. That's the first criteria in the, that in the decision tree. She got there first. But even if she hadn't, even if the, the tiebreaker is the person on the right takes the right away. Right? If you follow these rules, these simple rules that my mother drilled into me when I was 11 or 12 years old. My mother taught me to drive when I was 12. And then it was drilled into me in driver's education and in the booklet that I had to read and study for my driver's license test, yada, yada, yada. If you follow these rules, everybody goes through four-way stops simply and easily with no problem. That I have never had that experience in Vermont. Never. It is always a fight at a four-way stop. Always. No one recognizes any rules. And I was talking to my therapist about this and I'm like, everybody keeps waving you through even when they have the right of way. It's like, I'm like, why are they so, I mean, I know they're trying to be nice and he's like, why do you assume they're trying to be nice? So what do you mean? He goes, do you think they might be virtue signaling? 
look how much they defer to other people and other people go. And I, I said, <laughs> I thought I was the cynical one. <laughs> but you know what? I think he's right. So I go up to this and she's just sitting there and she won't move. And I won't move because she has the right of way. But do you see how you don't know how to break this? When nobody obeys the rules, I, I'm trying to imagine what's going on in her mind. And she's trying to imagine what's going on in my mind. And at first I was pissed at her. But then I realized she is probably thinking the exact same thing I'm thinking. She's wondering if I know the road rules. She's afraid to go out there because because she worries that I'll start going and then we'll collide, which is exactly the thing I'm worried about with her. So we may both be stuck in this situation, both trying to do the right thing, but we can't. Right. Ugh, drives me nuts. Anyway, there's something else I want to get to. Because it has to do with COVID and personality changes. So this is a great big long article from. Um, I think it was submitted. It was from Doctor Yuhong Dong. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm twelve. Doctor Yuhong Dong, MD from China. Doctor Yuhong Dong, a medical doctor who also holds a doctorate in infectious diseases in China, is the chief scientific officer and co-founder of a Swiss biotech company and former senior medical scientific expert for antiviral drug development at Novartis Pharma in Switzerland. So, consider the source. This is an article called, I mixed all this stuff up here, shuffling paper, shuffling paper. Okay, so this is an article about COVID and personality changes. <clears throat> Quote, published in 2022, a PLOS-1 research study performed longitudinal assessments of personality changes in 7,109 Americans aged 18 to 109 during the COVID-19 pandemic. It is reported that compared to the pre-pandemic period, listen carefully, people became less extroverted, open, agreeable, or conscientious. What is more astonishing is that these changes were equivalent to about one decade of normative personality change if occurring during a non-COVID period. So if you believe that you are seeing people become ruder, if you believe that you are seeing people pay less attention to their job, if they're not giving quality attention to their job, if you're noticing all this stuff, you're noticing something real. You're not crazy and you're not just a cranky old man. I know that I'm a cranky old man, but that's not all that I am. There's so much more to me. I mean, it's just like so much more. <laughs> and also so much less. So, strikingly, younger adults showed disrupted maturity by a significant increase in neuroticism and a significant decline in agreeableness and conscientiousness. Strikingly, only to you, Dr. Dong, because the rest of us can see it. We all have eyes. <laughs> 
Yes, they're certainly not agreeable. They're not conscientious. They don't they don't even think they should have to serve customers. <laughs> I wrote about this in Substack a couple of weeks ago. When a pizza shop closes at 9 p.m. today, new normal. These are new normal rules. Back before in old normal, when a pizza shop closes at 9 Nine is the last table that is seated or you have to get your order in just before nine o'clock. And I'm not one of those people that calls in an order five minutes before closing because that is a dick move. But technically, and I worked in restaurants for 12 years, technically, you take orders up until nine o'clock. The kitchen starts closing at nine if that's your posted hours. That's not what it means now. Nine o'clock means time staff is out the door. So what do they do? Um... Somebody told me last week, one of the restaurants around here, they tried to go. They were uh, going till nine o'clock. That was their posted hours. At eight o'clock, the doors were locked. There were still people inside, still patrons sitting at restaurants, but they came out and turned the key and locked the door so that no one else could come in and would only unlock it when people were leaving. And she's standing out there, you know, like. Hello, hello. And they're like, so, so yeah, customers are now an inconvenience. All right, back to the, um, back to this article. Reasons for the decreased personality scores during the pandemic. The research didn't, so annoying. The research did not provide data for the COVID infection and vaccination. That means this study that, Dr. Dong is talking about did not control for whether the people surveyed had been infected with COVID or whether they had had a vaccination. So they have zero idea of the health status of these people with regard to those two questions. Big made. (laughs) Then she says. Well, I I assume that Dr. Dong is is a she, but I don't know anymore. We would like to discuss potential contributory factors causing these personality changes. Now, remember, remember the sentence I just read to you. The research did not provide data for the COVID infection and vaccination. So what does Dr. Dong launch right into? This. First, if people were infected by COVID-19, the SARS-CoV-2 virus itself has been proven to change one's brain structure. This research found that those infected with SARS-CoV-2 experience cognitive defects equivalent to about 20 years of aging. A study found that COVID-19 can cause neurological and psychiatric issues such as brain fog, anxiety, and depression. People experienced higher risks of developing memory loss or inability to think coherently for as long as two years. Okay. And now we've got long COVID. Long COVID, which Dr. Dong does not give a first reference for, does not define. Long COVID can lead to a variety of brain and personality altering symptoms. These include traumatic brain injury and neurodegenerative conditions such as Parkinson's and Alzheimer's. It can change the way that people experience, interpret, and understand the world. It can make emotions unstable. Why are we talking about this? Because the study that you're talking about didn't measure whether they'd been infected in COVID. And how many young people are getting Alzheimer's or Parkinson's? Hmm? (laughs) This, to me, is a demonstration of the urge. It's almost a moral imperative to medicalize and somaticize every human experience. We collectively, doctors do this. We normal people, civilians and lay people, we do this all the time. We look for a physical medical abnormality to explain any behavioral changes. Why are we so resistant 
to recognizing that psychology is real, that, the, that there is such a thing that we call the human mind, that our social interactions with people and the conditions in our environment socially also affect our emotions and the way we relate to other people. Why do we have to run for, well, they must have brain damage. It must have been a prion or something. No, we don't need that. Simple human behavior. We are a social species. This is what happens in a social species when certain stressors are introduced. There's no mechanical, there's no medical mechanical explanation for it, nor is one needed. Um, then we get to this from the article. Secondly, long-lasting emotional stress can alter one's immune system, even without the virus. Persistent stress can affect physical health. Blah, blah. I don't know why she's on about this. Then there are, you know, little pieces of advice like taking a break, stop talking, walking away from the situation that makes us angry. I should do that more, actually. Try a few simple movements. Now, I don't like moving. Take a breath. I can do that. Hold a fist. I can make a fist. Find a quiet place and talk to yourself by heart. What happened? Are my negative feelings helpful to the situation? Can it really help solve the... Ugh, I feel too seen. I'm going to skip this part. As <laughs> so I look through the rest of this. Yeah. Then we get to photobiomodulation and seasonal affective disorder and all this other crap. Anyway... That's all I wanted to pull out from from that story. But I, I think it's interesting that people are noticing this change in the way we relate to each other socially. They're they're reaching for the wrong explanations, particularly medical people, but other people are noticing it. So it's not just me. It's not just you listeners. It's not just you, Meve. It's all happening. How much longer it's going to happen, I don't know. But that's enough to wrap it up for the show today. Thanks for joining me. I'll talk to you next time. <laughs>